Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We ask that you come. We ask that you come. And you do what only you can do. We ask that you come. I want you to pray for in the, this evening. I want you to ask God to open your eyes to see. The Bible says that the entrance of his word gives light. I want you to pray, cry to God this evening. Lord, open my eyes to see. Lord, open my eyes to see. Lord, open my eyes to see. As your word comes forth, Lord, let it enter, let it penetrate my heart and let there be light. In places where there's darkness, let there be light. In places of my limitations, Lord, let there be light. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Holy Spirit, we invite you. You send your word, oh Lord, you heal and deliver. As your word comes for today, Lord, let there be healing. Let there be deliverance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Have your way, Holy Spirit. I yield myself to you. Speak through me. In Jesus' name we've worshipped. Amen. Good evening, church. You may be seated. Good evening and welcome to our Bible study for today. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and it's good to see your faces. And to everyone worshiping with us online, thank you for joining the service today. We are, we're glad that you're here. We're glad you're able to connect with the service even online. Today we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about vision. During, the, during our prayer fest, one of the, I think a whole day was dedicated. One of the things we were praying for was 2022. We were praying for vision for 2022. We were praying and sowing seeds into our 2022. Now that we have prayed regarding 2022, it is important that we understand the vision that we're asking from God. What is it? What does that mean? What does a vision mean? How do you get a vision? How do you run with the vision? What do you need to know in order for 2022 to be effective and in order for our prayers to be answered? Amen. So we're going to talk about vision. And um, Rosemary, if you don't mind, can you please hold the mic just so that I can ask questions? We're talking about vision. Um, yes. Thank you, sir. So the first question I have for us is, what is a vision? Just quick definitions. I'll take two people quickly. What is a vision? What is the vision? Yes, there's a hand here. What is a vision? Um, a vision is like a glimpse of the future. A glimpse of the future. Thank you so much. Any other person? I want one more answer. What is a vision? What were you praying for? during the prayer fest when you were asking for vision what is that vision what is a vision 
One more answer before we continue. No answer, we don't continue. We'll all be here waiting for vision. <laughs> Who wants to go? Um, let's see. I want to see if there's anybody online either. I can call. I can call. Just give the mic to NFR. NFR, what's the vision? What's a vision? What's a vision? To envision. <laughs> envision, huh? to envision something. <laughs> to picture the future, to, like, um, to picture... To picture the future, I'll take that. Okay, thank you so much to envision. <laughs> I like how you said that. <laughs> to envision. Okay, so to picture the future. Thank you so much. Our text will be Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1 and 2. Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, and we're going to read 1 and 2. Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch and see what he will say unto me. And I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. I'd like us to sit just on verse one as we talk about the definition of a vision and all of the definitions that were given are correct. A vision is a glimpse of your future. A vision is a picture. It's of the future. So it's a mental image of the future. Another definition says a vision is an experience in which you see things that do not exist physically. So you see them with your mind. It's the ability to imagine and to develop a future in your mind. So a mental picture, a glimpse of your future. Now in Habakkuk 2 verse 1, let's go back to verse 1. Habakkuk 2 verse 1. It says, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me. I will watch to see what he will say unto me. What, what was interesting to me about this is that when you, when you talk about somebody saying something to you, usually the word you use is hear, not see, right? Is, oh, I'm going to listen so I can hear what the person is saying. You don't, you don't, it's not usually I will watch to see what he says. But here when we're talking about vision, Habakkuk was saying, I would watch. I want to see what he says, which means that the word that God is bringing to me will create a picture for my future. And it would enable me to do what? To see something. So my personal definition of a vision based on this scripture is that a vision is me saying God's word, what God says. So when God says something, once I'm able to capture that in an image, that's a vision. So a picture of what God is saying. So Habakkuk says, I will watch and I will see. So whatever it is that God is saying to me will paint a picture and then I would write it down. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus was teaching, most of the times he will teach and he'll teach with parables. Why? Because he wanted us to do what? To see something. He wanted the people to see. When, when, God, when God spoke to Abraham, 
in, um, I think it's Genesis chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. When God was speaking to Abraham concerning his seed, he says, Abraham, come out and I will show you the word, the stars. I want to paint a picture in your mind. I don't just want you to hear my words. I want my words to leave an image in your mind. That image is a vision. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now towards the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them and he said unto him so shall your seed be so if you ever forget what your seed should look like just go outside and look up I want you to have that image. Why is it then important that God wants us to capture his words in form of images why is it so important that God is very meticulous that when he speaks, he doesn't just want us to hear. He wants us to see it. Why? First Corinthians. Se no, sorry. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18. Why is it important to see? What is it about seeing? It says, but we all with open, with open face beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. We are changed into the same image. As we behold, we are changed into the same image. So based on our design as humans, God has designed us that we will become what we behold. And so it is important to him when he comes to man that he gives us an image to behold because it's that image that we become. So that's why he sent Jesus. So Jesus becomes the word, the image that we should do what we behold. So we become like him. And so when he wants to affect any aspect of your life and bring about something, he gives you a picture. He gives you a vision of what he wants it to be. So you can do what behold because we become what we behold. That's why it's so easy for for children to become what their parents are. Because that's what they've been seeing ever since they were born. So effortlessly, a child can become like their parents. Effortlessly. Why? That's all they've been seeing year in, year out. We become what we behold. The question is, we are always beholding something. The question is, are we aware of what we are beholding? We're always beholding something. The media is always painting an image for us. Social media is painting an image for us. Your past is painting an image for you. Your experiences are painting an image. The question is, what are you beholding? Because something, there's always an image in front of you. But God is also attempting to give you a vision, an image of the future he has for you, so you can do what? Behold it. So it is therefore important that we behold the images. I'll go to the next slide. Slide number two. So vision. Vision is seeing what God sees. Vision is having a picture of the word that God has given to us. Vision is not vague. 
when God gives you a vision, is usually very clear, very precise. Vision is not vague. It's a clear image. Okay, so this is vision. The next slide, please. So now we're going to look at biblical examples, people who have had visions in the Bible. The first person we see is Abraham. Abraham in Genesis 13, verse 14 to 17. I, I'm going to read that. Genesis chapter 13, 14 to 17. And the Lord said unto Abraham, after Lot was separated from him, lift up. Lift up now thy eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed forever. All the land which you see, I will give you. Not all the land which I have for you. Not all the land I can give you. It's all the land that you do what? See. So vision defines the scope of how far you go in life. Vision defines the scope of how far we can go. You can only go as far as you can see. You can only go as far as you can see. If you can see it, you can attain it. If you cannot see it, you can attain it. So God didn't say, I will give you as much as I want to give you. He said, you will get, I will give to you as far as your eyes can do what can see. So vision is so powerful because the sky is no longer the limit your vision is. If your vision is this narrow, that's how far you go. If your vision goes beyond the sky, you will go that far. So it's our vision that sets the limitations in our lives. It's not the sky. It's not our environment. Vision is very powerful. Number two, Joseph. Joseph, we see that in Genesis 37, 5 to 8. God gave him dreams. And in those dreams, God gave him a picture of the future that he would experience. So Joseph was one of the person that had a vision. And then in uh, Numbers 13, verse 1. Numbers 13, verse 1. I'm going to read that. I like to read that. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. Quickly, I'll read that. And the Lord spake to, unto Moses, saying, verse 2, Send down men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Uh, of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler amongst them. Number, verse 3. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men were heads, of the, were heads of the children of Israel. Okay, so that's fine. So here we see that God said, send men to go and spy out the land. Send 12 men, one person from each tribe. My question is why? Why did God ask Moses? This was not Moses' initiative. This was God. Why did God ask Moses to send men to go spy out the land? Why was that important? Sorry? I thought you were answering. Why, why did God send, ask Moses to send people to go spy out the land that he had given to them? Pastor Isaac wants to answer. So that they could see it. So they could see it? 
Was that, why was that important? Why, why did they need the, to see the land? Because you become what you behold. <laughs> Pastor Aite, thank you. <laughs> okay, so they needed to see the land. You become what you behold. Any other thoughts on that? Why did God send them? Why was it important for them to see the land? Why was it important? Yes. He, it was important because he didn't want them to like think he has promised them false stuff or something. He wanted to show them that what he promised was actually good. Thank you so much. It was real. It was good. Thank you. Yes, Brotosan. Like I when people I said everything. <laughs> okay, so what I was, what was coming to my mind is, um, you know, God speaks to Moses mm. and Moses hears God. But God was, does not want it to be like... Um, it's only Muslims showing everything to you to go and see it yourself. Mm. At least when you see it, you, you understand, just like he said. Just like he said, you, you know? know that it's real. Yeah. Okay. And to everyone online, I want to see your comments because we're going to be taking them. I want you to answer the questions online and we will be taking your comments. So it was important that they went to see the land. And yes, that's true. It's important because God wanted them to catch the vision. He, he can't take you where you haven't seen. So he wanted them to do what? To get the vision, get the picture of where he's taking them to. This is the land. Like he said, it's real. This is the land. This is where I'm taking you to. So that's the, so those are three examples. Three examples of people in the Bible that God gave a vision. Is there any other example in the Bible of someone that had a vision from God? Any other examples? We've, we've identified three so far. Anybody? Who else had a vision from God in the Bible? Bible students. Who else had a vision from God? Online church. Who else had a vision? We have 52 people watching online. Who else had a vision? Any other person? Sorry? Jacob had a vision. Okay, thank you. There's one answer, so we can now move on. The next slide, please. Let's go to the next slide. So now we've talked about examples of people with vision in the Bible. Let's talk about, in, on earth, secular life. Some people that had visions in, in the world. Number one, John F. Kennedy. He was once the president of the United States. His vision was that by the end of the decade, we will put a man on the moon. Very clear, very precise. There's an image to those words when you hear them, and they did it. They were very clear about what they wanted, and they did it. They got somebody to the moon. If you think about that, that's, that would be something you would categorize as almost impossible. But because a man could see it, because a man could clearly define where he's going, they accomplished it. Number two, I'm sure everybody will know that. Number two, the next one. A computer on every desk and in every home. He, he said this, I think this was in 1980. That's over 30 years ago. Is that a reality today? Yes. And as at the time Bill Gates was setting this vision, people didn't own personal computers. So in his world at that time, it was something worth impossible. But he could see it. And he accomplished it. Now we're talking about men, with or with, this is with or without God, that God has given to us the ability to see and become as humans. 
Now, how much more when we even now have him, you know, helping us accomplish that? Amen. Number three, another person, another very great example of somebody with a vision, Mandela. His vision was to end apartheid in South Africa. It cost him his whole adulthood, but it came to pass. He did end it in South Africa. He had a very clear vision, and he fought for it, and he accomplished it. It took him years, but he got there. Why? Because he had clarity. He knew what he wanted. So vision is very, very powerful. A quote by Andy Stanley on the next slide. He says, everybody ends up somewhere in life. A few people end up somewhere on purpose. Those are the ones with vision. So if you will get to somewhere that you have decided to get to, you have to have a vision. Else you, you end up somewhere, just somewhere, but you may not be sure where. So now we know what a vision is. It's a clear picture. It's a mental image. As Christians, my question is, how do you get a vision for your life? We're talking about 2022. So I want to have a vision. How do I get a vision for my next year? Very practical answers. Who wants to go first? Online, we're waiting for your comments too. How do I get a vision for 2022? What do I do? How do I get it? I want the adults to speak. Adults are not answering. I'll come to you, my dear. How do you get a vision for your life? Yes, pastor. Well, I think uh, first thing you need to expand your thought. Exposure is important. Um, when one expands his or her thought and have deep thinking. Um, vision does not mean you have to sleep and dream and all of that. It just means having a, you know, an expansion of a future that you want to walk in. Mm. And I, I strongly recommend that we should expand our thinking. Mm. We should, because deep call it unto the deep, the Bible says in Psalm 42 verse 7. So when we are deep in our thought, we'll live a deep life. But when we are shallow, what we find ourselves in is also shallow. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Deep thinking, deep thinking. Expand your mind. We have a couple comments online. Here answering um, Kayode, um, no, Koye said, um, I think this is in response to the Israel. They did not go to check the land. They went to spy to know how best to strategize their attack. Thank you so much. Plan ahead in 2021. Okay? And then to answer the question, how do you get a vision? Um, Sister Stella here says, by looking inward, see areas that need improvement in our lives. Thank you so much. So by looking inward, by, um, yes, Pastor Mrs., by expanding your thinking, expanding your mind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Abba chapter 2, where we read verse 1. Mm. He said, I will stand, I will stand on my watch. I think there he's talking about prayer. If we pray, we can also get it. a vision from God. Thank you so much, ma. Prayer. So in the place of prayer, you can get a vision. In the place of thinking, you can get a vision. How else? Any other person? Yes, Sister Janet. One second, we'll get to the mic. Okay. 
I think you can also do that by assessing where you are at mm-hmm. and know and ask yourself, am I okay with where I am? Mm. Can I do better? If I can do better, then you start to emphasize, okay, where do I want to reach? Mm. What are the grounds I want to cover? Who are the people I want to reach? Then you start doing your research and you crown it with prayer and I'm sure you have a clearer vision. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Assessing where you are. Thank you. Michael here says true scriptures. Michael, just expatiate on that thought. We want to know how. We want to know how. Yes, ma'am. Envision what I want for my life. How I, how I want my life to, what I want my life to look like. Okay. Then walk towards it. And walk towards it. So envision what I want my life to look like and walk towards it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And every, every contribution is, um, is correct. Every contribution is correct. We're going to read a couple scriptures, and then we will, I think they're, they should be on the slide, so we'll go to the next slide. We'll read a couple scriptures. How do you get a vision from, for your life? In addition to all that has been said. So Genesis chapter 13, 14 to 17. And after Lord had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, west. I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and to your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction for I am giving it to you. The next slide, please. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And I want you to pay attention to the scriptures. That we might know what? The things. So there are certain things that have been given to us by God. Okay, next scripture. Rather as it is written... No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The reason why I took, um, wanted to read through the scripture is one thing for me that is captured all through the scripture is that there are certain things that God has prepared for us already. The Bible says, I know the plans that I have towards you. So God already has a plan for my life, right? There are certain things that have been prepared already for me by my father and I can search for them. There are certain things that have been given to me. The fact that I'm not aware of them doesn't mean I don't, it's not been given to me. But there are certain things that I already have. And the Bible says that he reveals them to us what? By his spirit. So we see in the Bible that almost everyone that has a vision gets it from God. Now, one of the things is, it is true that as humans, God has given us the capacity, as we have seen in the examples of people we've, given, we've, we've called, right? In Nelson Mandela's life, in Bill Gates, the examples we've given. God has given us the capacity as humans to be able to define a future and become it without him. We have the power to do that. However, as believers... I strongly believe 
that what God has for us is always beyond what we can give to ourselves. And that it is no longer when I come into the kingdom, I should no longer just sit down and come up with what I want. Because I know that something has been prepared for me. So based on that knowledge, I can now go to God and say, Lord, what have you prepared for me? And the interesting thing about this is when you start doing it is you'll find out that, yes, you can come up. And I've done this before um, where I wrote down a list of the things that I wanted in a year. Like I want this, I want this, I want this, right? And I think I listened to a teaching or so that the, per- the preacher was challenging us to um, go to God and ask God what he thinks, what he wants for you. Just like um, we were challenged during the prayer time, right? Is what does God expect of you in 2022? So I went with my grand plan, which I thought was really cool, right? And I just had this very honest, sincere conversation and say, you know, Lord, this is what I desire for 2022. What are your thoughts? You know, th- well, this is what I desire. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I was, I was pleasantly surprised and blown away that one, I did hear from God. Two, what he said was so amazing that it, it dawned on me that it truly takes faith to work with God because it's always bigger and better than what I could have taught for myself. So the Bible says that I, when, when God comes, he says he, he gives to you exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think or imagine. So write down what you can imagine, write down what you can think. And I dare you to go to God that he would exceed that. That's the God we serve. We're we're talking about the God that Abraham says, I want a son. And he says, oh, not a problem. I'm giving you a nation. That's how God is. So he says, my ways are higher. My thoughts are better. It doesn't mean you shouldn't come with your thoughts. Bring your desires. Bring all you want, but bring it toward to me. And so I strongly believe now that when I set my goals and I'm, and I'm, um, when I'm pressing in for a vision, I'm so excited to go to God to hear what he has to say. Because I now know, not just by knowledge, but by experience, that his ways are always, always, always better. Always better, always higher. So I do believe that our, as Christians, we no longer should walk in that luxury of just going the way we think our lives should go or what we want, but we should go to God and we should seek for him to know the things that he has prepared for us, to know the plans that he already has for us. So now we'll go to the next slide. Different ways that God will communicate this vision to us. Number one, prayer. And just like Pastor Mrs. said, Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk said, I will stand on my watch and I will set myself so that I can see. So he took time out to say, I want to hear from God, right? In this place of prayer, I will stay here. I will watch to see what he would, he would say, right? And then that's why we, they, we were taught most times that when you go to the place of prayer, it's important to have writing materials. It's so important to pay attention to the thoughts that drop in your heart when you are praying. Very important. Very important. So as go as you're praying, and sometimes you think it's your mind, just write it down. As long as you're in that place of prayer, the thoughts that are coming. So the very first way of getting Getting um, God communicates towards his vision is in the place of what of prayer. That's number one. 
Number two, let's go to slide number two. Number two, the desires of your heart. So it says sometimes God stares, in us, stares us in line with the vision and the desires of our heart. Who can remember, who can remember, I should have come with a gift for this one. Who can remember what the, the acronym SHAPE stands for? Remember when we, talk, when we did that curriculum from Requirence Church and we learned about SHAPE? We learned about SHAPE in this church. So now, this is the test time. What does this stand Who can remember? Who can remember what shape means? There'll be a gift for you if you can remember. Ha! Some people are Googling. <laughs> Some people are searching. Who can remember what the acronym shape stands for? Okay, you're allowed to Google it. Just find the answer. And let me know. Let me see if there's anyone online. Okay, so um, a couple comments online. Okay, so this is in answer to how do we get a vision. Um, Benga says, gap analysis of the current state compared to the future state. Thank you so much. And Michael says, every vision must be godly first as believers. Then and only then shall it be established. Because one's vision can be limited. But with God in the vision, it is unlimited and effective from scriptures. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. That is so true. Who can tell us what the word shape stands for? Spiritual, okay, S, spiritual gift, thank you. H, heart, okay, and experience, okay. <laughs> Have faith, it'll come to you. Okay, we're going to say it together. S stands for what? Spiritual gift. S stands for what? H stands for what? Your heart. H stands for what? Heart. A stands for what? Your abilities, the things you can do. Your heart refers to your passion, the things you are passionate about. Um, P stands for what? Your personality. And E stands for what? Your experience. So one of the ways that God will communicate a vision to you would be based on how he has designed you. Based on your desires. You know, there are some people that... Um, there are some people that are very triggered about certain issues, right? Anita is not here today, but immediately you talk about mental health, you, you know, just get ready. She's going to keep going because th that's something that she's very passionate about, right? For somebody else, it's be like, oh, okay, you know. But then when they talk about maybe politics, another person is triggered by politics. So God has designed us carefully, you know in accordance to what he wants us to accomplish. So sometimes the way he communicates to us the vision that he wants us to accomplish is through our desires. So you just all of a sudden, you have this strong passion to do something about this issue. That could be the way God has wired you. Everybody's not driven by the same issue. So there's something special about what you have, what, what you're passionate about. Now, everybody also has different spiritual gifts. And so that's also an indication of the line that God has called you. So it is possible that God will begin to give you a what? A vision based on that. Your experiences, your personality, all of those things feed into the vision. So a vision, like Pastor was saying, it's not necessarily that you just sleep and wake up and then something drops. No, sometimes it's just that burning desire in your heart based on how God has designed you. So it is important as Christians is pay attention to the things that irritate you the most.
Pay attention to the things that you are very passionate about because that could be God calling you and drawing you to that area. So that's another way that God gives us um, visions for our lives. Number three, number three, slide number three, exposure. Exposure. How many people have caught a vision when they traveled? You went somewhere and you were like, mm, that is it. Do you understand? Yes, you have. That's so true. It's so powerful. It's, it, I think that's one of the fastest ways to even broaden your mind is exposure through books, through traveling. It is important. As much as God gives you the money, travel. Travel. Go to places. Seriously. It's important. When God, God exposes us, when, when we travel, we see things. It exposes our mind. That is one way God gives us vision. All of a sudden, you go somewhere and somebody's doing something. And you, you've been thinking about this thing and then it just hits. Bam. This is what, I, this is what I've been thinking about. This is what I should be doing. You just, there's just that connection. You just know on the inside of you. Reading books. Reading books, a very big one, another way of exposure is to read books, is you read people's stories, you read and then you see, it exposes your mind, it exposes your thinking, it is so true that sometimes all we can, our mind, they say the mind processes based on past experiences, right, so I'm processing things just based on the information I know, and the information I know is very what, it's limited, so the more I read, the more I travel, you know, God exposes me and through that visions will come. How else do we get exposure outside of traveling and books? How else? Those were the only two I could think about. Any other way? Yes. You meet people. That's true. Networking. Networking. You meet people and you are exposed. Um, yes, events by Epi. E was experienced. That's correct. Um, Animated discovery says, okay, spiritual gift, hearts, abilities. Thank you so much. Yes, that's correct. And Sister Stella says, Nehemiah was driven by the passion to rebuild the wall of the city. Thank you so much, ma. It is true. It was a burning desire in his word, in his heart. To the extent that he was sad and the king noticed that your countenance is what is low. There was something he wanted to do. The walls of Jerusalem were broken and he was passionate about, about that. Today we read about it in the Bible, but that, was, that came from a place of what passion. No angel appeared to Nehemiah and said, Thou Nehemiah, the Lord said, go and rebuild the wall. He didn't see that. God didn't come to him like he came to Abraham. No, for Nehemiah it was a passion in his heart. So exposure, exposure is powerful. Yes, sir. Uh, sorry, just to quickly add to that, I know you're asking how else do we get exposure. Um, we are spiritual people, and we should also understand that God can give you exposure. Mm. It can be orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, by inspiration. You just get inspired. Mm. Some persons will not even travel to anywhere. Mm. They will not have seen anything but there will be strong inspiration in their heart to just expand something. Mm -hmm. Say, for example, our General Vasya uh, contemplated building kilometer three by kilometer three. I've never heard that anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Nowhere. When Bishop Wedepo will build 50,000-seater church, it has never uh, occurred anywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do big thing that no one has ever done, move with God that is not human. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. So the Holy Spirit gives us exposure. 
that's powerful. So we should put that in amongst this list, the Holy Spirit, exposure. God gives us that inspiration. Thank you so much, sir. And the next one we see here on the slide is um, prophecy. So there are people who have walked in vision based on prophetic words that were given to them. And number five is dreams. Number five. Yes. So number five is dreams. There are so many people that God communicates to you through dreams. And like Pastor was teaching us the other day that it is important to pay attention to your dreams. Write them down. Pay attention to your dreams. That's another way that God communicates to us. Is there, is there any other thing we're missing? Is there any other way that God can talk to us? There are so many, so many other ways. Yes, sir. that you might not notice something about yourself and some people around you might notice mm. and they are saying bro tossing the way you are playing this sax you are going somewhere mm. i've never seen somebody play sax like you before mm. and you, you you are just seeing that as normal and then keep paying attention to that mm. it might be god you know drawing your attention i also believe that your environment mm. play significance on in in everything you do you know, and that's why I, 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 I think it is better to move with people that are progressive. Mm. For example, you might have a vision for something and then you discover somebody beside you and the person downplays it based on, ah, no, no, ah, no, <laughs> that one is not possible. And then it keeps that vision. Mm. So maybe, and sometimes you might not even know, have any vision, but because you see somebody doing great things beside you, mm. you're like, oh, ah, and I can do something. And I can do something. So I believe that. Uh, and that's why I want to join that to meeting people. Mm. It's good to stay under mentorship. Yeah. It's good to identify people that are great. You know, it's, it's good to identify people that are going to places that you think that you should go to and, and you know, move with them and let them inspire you and then help you. Thank you so much. And that is, that is true. Pastor Aiti, did you have a comment? Okay. That is so true. Thank you. People can see the gift that God has placed on the inside of you and help you catch that vision. Thank you, sir. Um, the other one that's coming to my mind is, it's kind of linked to environment, but um, paying attention to the needs that are in front of you. Mm. Uh, there are certain needs that God makes very glaring to us. Mm. And a lot of times we write them off as annoyances, mm. but it might be a call to what God wants, a vision that God has for you. I was reading about the CEO of Calendly, um, which is a, a, an application that is making a lot of noise right now. And I, he, he said that he was trying to schedule meetings with a whole bunch of people in the work that he was doing, and it was getting annoying. And then he went on, an, on the app store to look for something that could make it easier, and he couldn't find anything. And then he decided he was going to create one, which took him to going into Ukraine putting all his savings, going to Ukraine when it was war-torn, <laughs> doing everything, but a vision had been born and he was going, willing to put his whole life into it. Now everybody's looking for him. Mm. So sometimes the needs that God presents we, that we dismiss, that might very well be what God wants us to invest into mm. um, and become as, in terms of a vision. Thank you so much. So pay attention 
to the needs. So if you have a pen, so add this to the list. So there are three things that we've identified in addition to what, what's on our outline. Is, um, so number six would be the Holy Spirit, the inspiration that comes directly from God. That's why it is important to walk with God. That would be number six. Number seven would be pay attention to the things that people see on the inside of you that they call your attention to. And then number eight would be pay attention to the needs that are around you. Amen. Pay attention to the needs um, needs that are around you. And it's true. When I think about it, one of the reasons why I can stand here and teach is because of pastor. I've never taught anywhere until I came, to, came here, right? And pastor says, do this. And say, no, you can do that, right? And so that's, that's what brings us into what God is calling us to be. So it is true that the people around you sometimes would be the one to see in you what you can't even see in yourself. And they draw you out. They call it out. And then you begin to walk that path. So that's very powerful. The next we're going to talk about quickly as we wrap up is... The importance of vision. The importance of vision. I'm just going to take the first two and then I'm going to open it to the floor and let us um, talk about that. Why is it important to have a vision? Number one, why is it important to have a vision? Let's go to the next slide. Why is it important? We've said it in, just as God told Abraham, you can only go as far as you can see. If you cannot see it, you can't get there. God said to Abraham, I will give you the land which you see. Not, with, not the land I have for you, but the one which you see. And that's why God, took, God told them to go into the land so that they could see. There are two things I believe that you see when you, go, when you have a vision. Two things you see. So when you have a vision, like when the, the 12 spies went there, based on that story, they saw the land. They saw how good the land is, Right? The Bible says two men had to carry a cluster of what, of grapes. So it was good. It, they confirmed that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was that good. God wanted them to see the land. And then we, we'll understand why next. But the other thing they saw is that they saw the giants, right? So there are two things. You see how good the land is, but you would also see the giant. But God wanted them to see the land because when you see it, you can possess it. Now they'll see the land, they'll keep thinking about it. That should be the image. He wanted them to have that image, that picture, so that they'll be able to take it. Number two, number two, the next slide. Vision gives you focus and help you live disciplined. Vision gives you focus. We live in a world where everything is vying for our attention. You just need to be on social media. If you're on any social media platform, you know that. Everything is vying for attention. And you know, it's so, if you don't have a vision, it's so distracting because January, you prepare your mind and say, you know what, this is what I'm doing. January, February, March. The next day, you now start seeing everybody doing something else. And they are thriving. You'll be like, okay, no, let me do that. By March, you have switched. Give yourself to September, something will come up again. You switch. So you can't accomplish 
because we keep switching lanes each time. That's what happens when we don't have a vision. We don't have focus. And there's not so much you can accomplish in life without focus. We're not disciplined. There's something about having a vision that gives you that, that ability, that strength to be disciplined, to say, this is what I want. I will put in the effort to make sure that I get it. Because there's clarity as to what you want. But if you don't know what you want, then, you know, why would you bother to be disciplined? Have you ever thought about how difficult it is to save when you're not saving for anything in particular? It's difficult. I don't know about other people, but it's difficult for me. If I need to save, I need to have a goal. What am I saving for? Then I know why I'm making the sacrifice of, of that saving. And before you know it, I'll have that money that I want because what I have something in mind. Have you ever thought about it? How difficult it is to wake up in the morning when you don't have a vision? For people like us that don't like waking up. It's hard. But you see that once you have a vision and that vision requires you to wake up in the morning, now there is a reason to press past that sleep and your flesh and get up. There's something about vision that makes you disciplined. And it is almost impossible, I believe, to be disciplined without one. Everyone that is pressing towards, they are pressing towards something. They are always pressing towards something. Um, so I'll throw it open to us. Why else do we think, before I go through all of the slides, why else do we think it's important to have, um, to have a vision? So we've talked about discipline and focus. We've talked about vision. You can only go as far as you can see. Why else is it important to have a vision? Yes. Oh, Ritmi's not here. Okay. Right over here. Just one second. He'll get you the mic. Why is it important to have a vision? Online. We're taking your answers. Go ahead and type what your answers are. Yes. Yeah, I think it's important to have a vision because if we don't have a vision, we won't grow and we'll be stagnant. Mm. We'll you will not grow, system. you'll be yeah. stagnant. Thank you so much. Any other thoughts? Yes, ma'am. You will not grow, you will be stagnant without a vision. Um, with a vision, we are able to... Um, fulfill God's plan and purpose for our life. Yes, with a vision we can fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives. Yes, Uncle Femi. I believe without a vision, you live your life to chance. Mm. Anything goes. You just keep on living by the day. Thank you so much. You live your life to chance. Anything goes. Yes, sir. Um, uh, if you're working with uh, people that you intend to lead, uh, you need to make a, your vision clear to them so you have a shared understanding of what you want to achieve. Otherwise, you'll just be working alone and the people are just following you. Um, if there is a shared understanding, then you move in the same direction and your, the effort of the group is focused mm. towards a common goal. Mm. Without a clear vision, Everyone is just pulling each other apart, and at the end, you're just at a point. Thank you so much. So vision is important for leadership when you have people following. Yes, ma'am. I believe without vision, there is no mission. There is no there mission. there is nothing okay. to run with. There is nothing to run with. Thank you. The Bible said, write it down for you. Would that read it, it would run. There's nothing to run with. Thank you so much. So let's quickly go over what we have in the slides. Number three. 
You cannot contend effectively for what you cannot see. Now, I believe this is one of the reasons why God told them to go spy out the land. There's something about seeing that enables you, gives you the capacity to fight for it, right? If, if, and when you see it and say, this is what God has given to me, why are you here? You can contend with the giants. When you know this is my land, this is what God has given to me, you can see it. There's an audacity you have when you know the car is yours and somebody else is there. You tell them, get out. But when you're not sure, you know, if, you can't fight. So vision helps you to contend. It helps you to contend. Number four, it is difficult to endure and persevere without vision. It is difficult. Hebrews 12 verse 2 here, the Bible says that Jesus for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Now, if Jesus needed a vision to be in front of him in order to endure, that tells us something, that we almost cannot persevere without, we, can, we can't do it without the vision. Even Jesus, he was seeing your salvation, my salvation, he was seeing all of us in heaven, and he was like, no, I'll go, I'll go through it. So he had a picture, he had an image, and he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Think about Nelson Mandela. How many years in prison to fight for appetite, to say, no, my people have to, you have to stop doing this. We have to change the policies. Do you know he was offered freedom? He was given freedom. He said, you can go, go back home, you know, go back to your life. And he would not take freedom until there was negotiation to stop that. So he knew what he was fighting for and he could persevere. He could endure years in prison and lose almost all of his adulthood for vision. It's only vision that can enable you persevere that much. The next slide, please. Number five. Vision helps fight against jealousy, envy, confusion, and anxiety. And I'll talk about this a little, and I'll give an illustration. illustration. There's something about having a vision that gives you a sense of the season that you're in in life. It gives you a sense of the time that you're in in life, and it helps you deal with anxiety. It helps you deal with jealousy. For example, if you're going to medical school, now, depending on where you are in the world, in here, I think you need to have a first degree, and then you go to medical school, and then you have your medical degree. So you're looking at, what, eight years. So if I'm going for medicine, you're going for nursing, and then we all start school together. Four years down the line, the person going for nursing has what? Graduated. My vision is to become a doctor, so I know I have four more years what? Ahead of me. Now, the person who is a nurse is done school. Now they are working, they are earning, they can buy a car. Two years down the line, they buy a house. Wouldn't it be foolish for me to be wondering, ah, why have I not bought a car? Six years has passed. No. I won't think that. Why? Because I know it's not my time. I am still in what? In school. So my expectation for my life is not to be buying a car. It's to study. Right? It's to read. So there's no pressure. I can genuinely go and celebrate with somebody else and say, congratulations, you know? And we rejoice. There is no pressure because I understand where I'm headed to. But when I don't know where I'm going, and I don't even know if I'm going somewhere, then that's a problem because when people begin to move forward, right, then it bothers me because I'm not moving anywhere. 
it bothers me. It would have, you would now need the Holy Spirit to be doing cleansing, you know, and uprooting all of the jealousy on the inside of you. But once you have a vision, you're not intimidated by people's successes because you know where you're going. So it is so important to have a vision. It is so important to have. It really, really helps you. It does. It helps you. It helps you focus. It helps you with anxiety. It helps you with all this, you know, this our arrival mentality. Those people that blow online in six months. It helps you. You're not, you don't put that pressure on yourself anymore because you know where you are headed. And then the next one. Number six, vision propels growth. It is true that once you start pressing in for something, it would force you to grow. It will force you to start reading books. It will force you to, to start meeting people. It will propel you to grow. And lastly, a vision is a channel through which God births his purposes on earth. So when God wants to do things on earth, guess what he does? He'll come and he'll give you a vision, right? And then that man will be an expression of that vision. I would wrap up quickly by talking about creating an environment for your vision to thrive. Because vision can die. Your vision can die. And it can die quickly. And I'm going to read Luke chapter 1. I'm going to talk about two events, two things, internal environment and your external environment. Now, the internal one we see in um, Numbers chapter, we see it in Numbers 13 is... I'm not going to read the scripture for that one, but I'm going, to, I'm going to read the scripture for the second one. So your vision, you have to create, intentionally create an environment in order for your vision to thrive. Because it's possible for God to give you a vision and you kill that vision and it never sees the light of day. Now when the spies got into the land and they saw the land, like we mentioned earlier, you'll see how good it is but you'd also see the giant. Now, the giants were not the problem. The problem is that they saw themselves as grasshoppers. That was the problem. And so as long as their perception was that they're grasshoppers, grasshoppers cannot kill giants. It's that simple. So your inward environment would either allow that seed to fall, that vision to fall in your heart and grow, or it would kill it right away. Imagine God saying to Abraham, come out and see, this is how your descendants will be. And Abraham thinks, I'm old, I don't have children, this is not possible, God, just forget about it. That's it. It would have ended. So our internal environment, sometimes things drop in our heart. Before we even process the thought, it's like, I can't do that. And it's gone. No, I don't have the money to do that. You, you don't even research to see where can I get the funds. No, 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 no. Oh, right away, we kill it. Have you, I know I've done it so many times. I can't, no, no, that's not for me. Oh, no, it's not, that's not for me. That's not my thing. It's not my thing. I can't do it. It's too, ex I would like to do it. It's too expensive. So inside, inward, the conversation on the inside does not even allow God's vision to even try for a few minutes. We kill it. So there has to be an internal environment that allows vision to thrive. God can give you a vision. The question is, would you allow it to grow in your heart? Someone was saying that he, he believes that God gave Christians the idea to do YouTube and they didn't allow it to see the light of the... That God gives us visions. And you know that we're so spiritual, we don't, we don't want all of those kind of things. And it's true, we need to think about it. God drops things in our heart, solutions to problems, but we don't even allow it to stay. Sometimes we just feel, you know, it's... 
it's too much. I can't even think through it. It's overwhelming, and that's it. It dies. Number two, your external environment. Your external environment matters. And as I wrap up, I'm going to read um, Luke chapter 1. In the book of Luke chapter 1, um, the angel came to Mary, and the angel said to um, the angel said to Mary that you know you're going to conceive, you're going to have a child, and all of these things. And then Mary said, "How shall distance be?" I'm trying to look for the verse that I want to start from. Thirty-one. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. And shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord, the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the next verse. Then Mary said unto the angels, How shall these things be seen? I know not a man. 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also... That holy thing which shall be in thee, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. 36. And behold, listen, this is where I was coming to. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she had also conceived a son in her old age. Pay attention to that. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Now, I was thinking about this, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit that dropped it in my heart. So this is my theory. It was important. God is very strategic. I believe that if John the Baptist, now John the Baptist could have come through parents that were in their, you know, childbearing age, right? That could have happened, and he could have still fulfilled the purpose. But it was important to God that John the Baptist came through a couple that was past the age of childbearing. And this is why I think it was important to God. Now, the angel said, these things will happen. What I'm telling you to believe is absolutely impossible. It has not happened. There's no precedent. It has never happened before at all. Now, God has to think about Mary because it's possible for Mary to believe for a while and then after too much, she's like, I don't think this is true. Did I really see an angel? Uh, I don't, do you understand? So God was so intentional that he created an environment for Mary to see the impossible so that she could birth the impossible. I truly believe. And so that's why John the Baptist, Elizabeth and her husband had to wait that long because they had to give birth to John the Baptist when it was past that time. Now, if we look at, I think it's verse 56. So the angel came and said, go to Mary. Mary, i uh, sorry, go to Elizabeth. Elizabeth is past the age of childbearing, but she's pregnant. She's six months pregnant. Now that's an impossibility. So now Mary goes there. And then the Bible says in verse 56, and Mary abode there for three months. So for three months, every day Mary was waking up. Every time she sees Elizabeth, she sees that what? With God, all things are possible. It was proof. So God was so, he was so strategic that he put her in a guarded environment so that nothing aborts the vision to birth Christ on earth. That was his vision. And so it is important that when God gives me a vision, that I am also careful to be in an environment that allows that vision to thrive. 
And church is one of that environment. Because when I come to the house of God, there are testimonies that stir up my faith. When I come to the house of God, I see God working in the lives of people, doing the impossible. That it also stirs me up to believe for the impossible. So it is so impossible. It is so important that I am in that environment where I can see, constantly see the impossible. So that I can partner with God to birth the impossible. I want us to say a word of prayer. I want you to ask God to open your eyes this evening. Ask God to open your eyes to see that which he has given to you. I believe we're coming into a season where God wants to bet the impossible. And the visions that he will be given to us will be visions that to our natural mind, it might be impossible. The visions that he will be birthing, that he will be given to us, will take partnership. Partnership with the Holy Spirit to bring it into existence. And I want us to pray, Father, help me to conceive that vision. Help me to receive that vision let me not abort it let me not abort it let me stay in the environment that allows your vision in me to thrive let me be in that environment that allows your vision it is true us that God births his vision on earth God has designed it that whatever he will do on earth he will do with a man so it is important that I continue to partner with him because it is true me that kingdom come will be established it is true my life that God can bet forth his desires on the earth. So it's important that I am connected. It is important that I, I, I can receive that vision. It is important that I stay in an environment that allows that vision to thrive. Let's ask God to help us in this season. God, I pray. Father, help me, Lord. Pray before the Lord this night that the Lord will help you and I. So that the vision that he places in our heart will be able to fulfill them. Ask the Lord this night, Father, help me. And anywhere that we have been complacent about what God committed to our heart in terms of vision, Lord, help me, Father, that I will revisit this again. And Lord Jesus, I pray that my vision, the vision you have given unto me, the vision you have asked into my heart will come to reality. Let's ask the Lord this night. Let's pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, help us, O God. Help us, O Lord. Father, we pray. Help us, O God. Cast a vision in our heart. Help us, O God, in the name of Jesus. Cast a body in our heart, O God. Father, we pray. Help us, O Lord, that we'll live a better life, fulfilling your purpose and plan, even in our generation, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus amen that was very powerful that was very powerful thank you so much my sister let's put our hands together for the lord that was good hallelujah amen that was very powerful in fact uh, to me it's one of the most important bible study sections that would we'll, uh, we'll do have in this church you know looking into the subject of vision and i want to encourage everyone to please let's pay very serious attention to this you know why we cannot live a better life without a better vision. Some of us are just committing our life to chances. Whatever, whatever shall be, shall be. It doesn't work like that. Whatever shall be, shall be is the gospel from the pit of hell. If the gospel can never come from pit of hell, it doesn't work like that. We need to allow ourselves to, you know, to, to walk in vision, revelation of what God wants us to fulfill in life. 
Um, I, I classify people into three categories in life. One, the people that had no vision at all. Whatever happens shall happen. We wake up, they sleep, nothing, nothing comes to mind, nothing to do, whatever. Everybody is doing this, we do it. Everybody is going that way, we go that way. Everybody is sitting down at home, we sit down at home. Why are they sitting? I don't know. They shall say we should sit down at home. No vision. No vision. And uh, <laughs> I remember my pastor several years ago. And join me tonight to welcome Pastor Mrs. Dr. Patricia Ulugbemi. Yeah, he is here. Can we put our hands together? I'm glad to have you. I wanted to talk about pastor, so I need to introduce you first. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. How many of us know Pastor Shego Lugbemi, who's been here, blessed us several times? That's the wife. That's how I hear. Amen. I lived with her some 22, 20 years ago, actually, 22, 20 years ago. And I'm seeing her here for, you know, since then we have not seen. And we are glad today she's here in our midst. Hallelujah. God bless you, man. You are most welcome. We're glad to have you, man. God bless you, really good. Hallelujah. I will go into our pot and dish the food anyhow. <laughs> we thank God today. Uh, those are the people that contributed into our lives um, ministerially. And we are glad that they are here seeing what the Lord is doing with our lives, with the investment they made. Your investment was never in vain. Hallelujah. And I never knew I'll be seeing here in Canada. I left her in Mina some 20 years ago. Mina is in Ninja State. Hallelujah. Pastor Olubemi will call me then. Omolekon, yes, sir. What's your plan for to today? I said, I don't have plans, sir. It's okay. I wanted to go to so 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 place, do this, do that, and I will go and I will come back. Another time he will call me, Omolekon. You know, my name is Olalekon, but Pastor used to call me Omolekon. His son increased by one. So, anyways. And he said, What's your plan for today? I said, I have no plan, sir. Um, I'm anything, sir. He said, Okay. Can you go this, go this, and I will go and come back. One day he called, called me like that. And I said, I have nothing for today, sir. I said, you will not go far. <laughs> Pastor Shego is so blunt. <laughs> you will not go far in life. Every time I call you, I always, you have nothing to do. No plan. You would never go far in life with no plan. Ah. Lesson I learned 21 years ago. Then I started, I learned how to sit down and cast vision for myself. I started thinking, deep thinking. This is why meditation is important. Go somewhere where nobody will distract you. See, what you have never thought of will drop in your heart. And you will just see, you never knew you could even go that length. And those thoughts will come. And before you know what happened, you are fulfilling purpose and destiny. Please don't be among the generation that has no vision at all. They wake up, go, whatever they ask them to do, there's work we go, we come back, that's it. Nothing more than where we are. The second class of people are people who have small vision. Wherever we are right now, I was going to ask our teacher, when should a man's vision stop, or a man should stop having vision? When? Oh, I need this job, only if I can have six figures. And now you have six figures. Should vision stop there? Oh, I want to win 10 souls for the Lord. Now you have won 10 or 20. Should we stop? When do we think a man should stop having vision? Sorry? When the, when the height is, eyes are closed. Thank you, ma. Somebody said in the grave. When, when we die. That the Adeboye will say at his age that he has just started. And we think he's joking. <laughs> After three kilometers by three kilometers, I still want to build another one. He said until I build the one that gets to a badon from Lagos State. Those of us that know West Africa very well. I mean... I say, that's impossible. We think it's impossible, but there's nothing impossible, actually, for a man of vision. It's not only for God, also for a man of vision. 
There's absolutely nothing impossible. Very soon, you will start seeing made in the moon product. You know why they started this blue origin that Jeff Bezos is flying to the moon to go and exploit the moon? Now Richard Branson, the CEO for uh, Virgin, has also joined him. And also Elon Musk, they are, all these billionaires are going to the moon to inspect the moon. Very soon they move their company to the moon. Oh, that's what they are doing. They say, if art will become troublesome to make our product, we'll make it in the moon. You start saying, you think it's not possible. Our teacher just taught us, we will put someone in the moon someday. That was Jeff Kennedy, some 30 years. I did not put someone in the moon. Right? They are building buildings in the moon now. What vision are we having? Some people, their vision is so small. This one I have is enough. Let me just die with it. Whereas, God wants to explode our heart. He wants to take us to places we can, we can never imagine. Our teacher taught us tonight, God will always exceed our expectations. So what vision do you have for yourself? What vision do you have for yourself? Is this small vision? You are just a little bit above average. Go and read this book, The Enemy Called Average. Average is the, is the enemy of, of great success in life. Once we have gotten above average, we just think it's okay. Uh, this first class, I mean, first degree is okay. I don't need to do master's. And some of us in man, no, I don't need to do PhD. That one is for advance in your thinking, advance in what you're doing. Whatever we have this year, God wants us to go more than that next year. Who says we can only have one home? He says you can have two, three, four. And lump, jump into real estate. Who says so? Who says you cannot become uh, you know, car dealer? Who says you, can, you cannot stop night to five, I mean, 5 p.m. jobs? Who says so? And where you are right now, who says you cannot be promoted to become bigger than what you have? Yeah, let's just keep casting vision. Until we die, our vision should not stop. And the third set of people are the people with big vision. They never dream small. They never dream of what they can do. If your vision is still at the level of what you can do, God is not yet involved. Oh, I'm just planning with the little I can save so I can buy. No, plan God with your vision. Put God into that planning. If you're only handing 30,000 that you can save, plan for 100,000 things. And you see, when we cast the vision, God brings the resources. That's just the way it is. When you cast the vision, the Lord commands the resources. Heaven and earth will just fall in place to put the resources in your hand. I mean, resources of life gravitate to where there is vision. That's just the truth. Where there is vision. That's why you see people, they, is it Lion Den, they call that program, they show, that show. Dragon's Den, thank you. Dragon's Den. Those millionaires, you think it's a joke. They want to put their money down, but to somebody who has a vision. Resources of life gravitate to where there are visions. Let's sit down. And let God orchestrate vision in our heart in the place of imagination. Think of that store. It can be bigger than what it is right now. You can have it in multiple places. Think of that job. You can become the general manager of that place. You can. Why not? Justice Drew is my age mate. If they put me prime minister of Canada, won't I rule? I've never ruled before. Yes, Joseph never ruled before, but he ruled. Right? So let's cast a vision. Big one. Big one. It's good to aim for the moon. You can land where? In the star, but that's fine. You, I shall, you shall aim for something bigger. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, I, I believe this is the best, uh, one of the best Bible study sections, and I, I really want us to please think about it. Let's go back and watch it again. Let's not stop having vision. And uh, I will also ask what are practical ways or roles that I must play 
to bring my visions to reality. Quick one. What are practical roles you can play? Because it's not only good to have vision. You have vision, you wake up. You don't put it into doing. It's just a wishful thinking sometimes. So what are practical things we can do quickly? Yes? Yes, ma'am. Um, yes, sir. Sorry? Set goals. God bless you, my dear. Set goals. Yes? Set goals. This vision is not forever. I'm doing this this year. I'm doing it first quarter of this year. I'm doing this next year. You must set goals. Thank you for that. Yes? Practical. Vision helpers. Thank you. Vision helpers. You talked about mentoring a while ago. People who can mentor you. Who can guide you. Or you've never been in this terrain before. Go with people who have been there before. If you want to go far, go with people who have gone further. Amen. Yes, what is? There's something I'm looking for. What is? Uh, practical from Dr. Koye. Fantastic study today. So practical, so, imp- uh, so, practical, so impressive. God bless you, sir. Yes. What, what are things that we can do? Yes. By the way, Dr. Koye is joining us from BC. You see people are watching all over the world. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Uh, practical will bring your vision to reality. Why is everybody quiet? Let's talk now. You can help someone. Yes, my brother. Sorry? Get more information. Get more information. Do research. That I didn't care, right? Thank you. God bless you there. Get more information. Do research. That's how our teacher just told Many visions have died because we refuse to midwife them. God cast a vision in our heart. We did not go ahead to get information. We're lazy about it. And until 10 days, 20 days, the vision just disappears. And that's it. And it will be as if we never had vision. Get more information. Do research work. Sit down. Rack your brain. Crack so many codes. And before you know what happens, when you are calling for deep, deep is coming back to you. Thank you, dear. God bless you. One more thing. One more way of putting your vision into reality. How about planning? How about planning? Because many of us, we don't understand planning. We are entering to 2022 now, and the least, what we have sent the prayer requests, we have prayed about them. God is going to answer them. But what about planning? We need to plan. Somebody says, they prophesy on you, you are going abroad, you're going to travel abroad in Africa. And it was all his desire. Ten years later, that vision never came to pass. He went back to the man of God. Ah, you prophesied that I will go abroad. Why? Have, it has not come to pass. Have you applied? <laughs> Did you apply to anything? Did you, not school? Not visa? Not, uh, you don't even say I want to go on a visit. Atisha said, just travel. Travel out. Just go and see what's happening there. And you will see that exposure will bring about the reality that God wants to actualize. But many of us just fold our hands. What God, what shall be, shall be. What God says, we happen. We start quoting Bible and start jumping up and down in prayers. We need to take good steps, good practical steps. God bless you. Thank, let's clap for Atisha one more time. What a what a time tonight. Hallelujah. That was great. That was great. Thank God for that. Uh, please tomorrow, together forever, meeting uh, for the couple. We are going to cancel that, put that on hold. Uh, let's close it for this year. By God's greatness, year we'll, we'll come up uh, better. So uh, we'll cancel that for tomorrow. 
Um, and please let's pass the message across. Then Christmas Carol will be happening in this auditorium on December 17th, Friday night. And it's going to be 7 p.m. We're going to have a good time here by the grace of God. Our choir is prepared. The young people are prepared. The youth are prepared. The teenagers are prepared. So we want to enjoy God in the Christmas carol session. And uh, wise meeting for workers, workers interactive section exclusive, happening on Saturday, 12 noon. Please, all worker, if you are a worker in this church, please, online you are hearing us. Those who are here in person, please let us be here all together. By 12 noon, we will be meeting and planning for next year. Planning is very important. We have prayed. We got to plan. So we want to plan. We want to see what worked for us in the past, what is not working, and how we're going to adjust them and so that we can implement better you know, uh, in, uh, execution by next year by the grace of God. So all workers, you are all uh, encouraged to be here, please. And then uh, our service on Sunday, first and second service, please don't miss out. God bless you. Shall we rise up on our feet as we share the grace tonight? What an awesome time in God's presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall we share the grace in fellowship? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely, all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a beautiful evening. I can clearly see you're struggling with something. What's up? I have so many bills to pay and it just feels so impossible. I can't do it. I can't keep up with any of this. Oh man, haven't you heard? What? This month was officially declared our season of abundance. Psalm 65 verse 11. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. It means he's making all impossibilities possible for you in this season. So those impossible bills, don't worry about them. God has it covered. So don't give up. Don't lose faith. Connect with the word for this season. 
and he is definitely crowning it for you in abundance. Oh my goodness, wow, who would have thought? Oh my gosh, thank you, Lord, for this season of great abundance. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.